Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Truck convoys are going here and there and everywhere. And I wanted to, uh, to share about that. There's even it's been expanding to other, other parts of the world are even following the example that these Canadian truckers have embarked on. And so there are some who are perhaps more hopeful than they ought to be about these protests. Uh, we're, we're read in Psalm 33, not to trust in war horses, but to trust in the salvation of God or great armies, uh, even if that army is an army of trucks and not tanks. So some might be too hopeful about this and others might be thinking, I'm not sure it's even Christianly to support a protest. And so what, how, do we, how do we think about this as, as Christians? Because I've heard from both size of spectrum. We have um, an exciting guest today back with us. We um, talked to him, Pastor Tim Stevens of Fairview Baptist Church in Calgary. He's our northern neighbor and brother in Christ, and he's been fighting this battle and speaking the truth just as we, as we have been here. And I want to just warn everybody, what happens in Europe doesn't stay in Europe, and what happens in Canada doesn't stay in Canada. Before we get to Pastor Stevens, who's on the line with us uh, generously um, giving us his time this morning. I just want to praise God first and foremost, and I want to say he is doing something. Um, as of yesterday, we had our fundraiser um, last um, couple, couple months ago. We raised money for the first six months of 2022. We have surpassed that. We are at 120%, almost 121% of our goal in pledges and donations that means all six months, January, February, March, April, May, and June of 2022 are all paid for when it comes to operating expenses at Q90FM and Stand Up For The Truth. That is something that God has done and is doing. So I'm excited about that. Let's get on board, friends. Um, but yet we have our threats. We have things to be concerned about. And now this is going to uh, go nicely with the... Um, Topic today. Well, first of all, let me just also say, at the end of January, I got a lot of uh, offers and and requests for the book deal to be extended. So I did that. I actually had to order more books. So you can still, we'll still honor your requests. All four of my books for thirty five dollars plus postage, which is uh, six seven dollars. So let me know if you want to take advantage of that. We'll extend that for a little more time. Orders are still coming in. I'm just really blessed uh, beyond what you <laughs> you can think. And uh, understand. But right now, let's go to what happened recently here at our ministry. Crash is our, uh, like I mentioned, our operations manager, and he posted one of our Q quotes, which is the quote of the day. Every day, uh, we, once an hour roughly, we read a quote from a pastor, from an author, from uh, a church leader, founder, uh, great men of God, uh, you know, Spurgeon, Tozer, um, Edwards. Uh, I can go on down the list. Uh, and we also talk about current pastors. We've quoted a lot of Stand Up For The Truth guests. Well, last week, one of the quotes of the day was Pastor John MacArthur, and um, I want to just mention what that is. He said this, and this was in a recent sermon, and we're going to get to this later on. He said, there is no such thing as transgender. You are either XX or XY. That's it. God made man, male and female. That is determined genetically. That is physiology. That is science. That is reality. Well, friends, we know that's true. But we're in a different day and age now when it comes to censorship, spiritual warfare is off the charts, and the Antichrist spirit of the age is alive and well. So is moral relativism. So that post was removed from the Facebook page, the Q90FM Facebook page. Not only was it removed, he got a warning which says, if you do this again or something like this again, he manages five ministry pages. All five of those could be shut down. Crash, I just want to bring you in really quick, and did I describe that accurately, what happened? Pretty much. Now, the, that was the first time that Facebook ever deleted one of our posts. Usually they'll say nobody can see this. Nobody can see it but you. That's shadow banning. And this one they said we removed it. And then last night when I went to check my personal Facebook page, there was a block on it, and I had to click a box, and, it's, and it said, hate, hmm. hate, yep. and it said, we, we know mistakes happen, 
but you cannot post hate speech. Censure the page owner. If it happens again, we're shutting down your personal page. Wow. Lights of Christmas, Kingsmen's Ministry, Q90FM Radio, and Stand Up for the Truth. Four pages wow. and mine. Wow. Thank you. Last warning, they said, we know mistakes happen. Yep. So a mistake, it's a mistake to quote the Bible or to refer to a biblical concept or teaching on sexual morality. By the way, we are going to be talking a little later on about conversion therapy. What is it? We know the Equality Act here in America has threatened that. It passed the House. If it, uh, We are in trouble if that gets through the Senate. But uh, Pastor Tim Stevens has a statement on the criminalization of conversion therapy. We're going to talk about that a little later on. But what, right now, I want to just bring him in here. We have so much to talk about uh, with Pastor Tim. He has been arrested several times, as you know, last time we had him on, for holding church services in obedience to Christ, leading his congregation, and ministering in spite of government orders in Canada and their limitations on worship. And uh, he's the pastor of Fairview Baptist Church and that's in Calgary, not the one in Edmond, Oklahoma. Our brothers uh, Dan Fisher and Paul Blair are pastors there. Tim Stevens, welcome back to Stand Up for the Truth. Thank you for your patience. Well, thanks, Dave, for having me on. So let's start off with an update on your ministry and any um, legal issues since the last time we had you on in uh, continuing to fight these, I don't know, these orders to keep your church closed and the threat of you going back to prison? Yeah, well, in Canada, the restrictions, even though they, they promised a, a reprieve during the summer, they came back again in the winter as, as case counts began to rise again. And so we really thought that this was going to be round two with the churches. Hmm. But our, our governing authorities and law enforcement decided to, to leave us alone. And so our church and other churches who have taken a stand, we've been able to continue to gather and uh, without complaint or incident or, or further enforcement action although we still have a number of things that need to be settled in the court. So personally, I have, I think, six different court summons uh, that have been levied against me, a fine, and then a criminal charge as well uh, that I still need to answer for. And, and unfortunately, our court dates continue to get pushed back because the, the courts are, are, are uh, concerned about the spread of COVID. And so they've, they, uh, anytime a date comes up, we're supposed to have a date in January, that ends up getting canceled because of the number of cases, and so it keeps on getting pushed down the road. So at this point, I have uh, have a scheduled court trial in in May. May, but we'll see whether that whether that comes about or not. I'm supposed to have a three day trial in May uh, about those charges. So a three day trial, and the main charge is you keeping your church open or holding services or allowing people to come into your church when they maybe put limitations on worship. Correct. Yeah, the main charge is, uh, you know, defying the public health order, which it, then they had to go to court and they got a court order to try to get us to stop as well. So uh, they, they tried to continue to increase the penalty and the consequence of us continuing to gather. But our, our public health orders were essentially, uh, they either restricted outright or, or set to put, put limits on the gathering such that it became impossible to be faithful to the Word of God, where it called us not to neglect the gathering, where where we were forbidden from practicing hospitality, we w- would, wouldn't be able to celebrate the Lord's Supper or baptism. And we even had times in our in our province when it was even unlawful to sing um, in, in any kind of group or fashion. So uh, there was there were so many restrictions upon upon uh, what we're called to faithfully do as a church that we were just unable to comply. We had to obey God rather than men. Mm. Amen. Obey God rather than men. That sounds very familiar from Acts chapter four and five. Um, Tim, it's really interesting that you that the way you put that. I'm thinking about Jesus. He went out of his way to seek out sinners and those who were lost, particularly uh, prostitutes and tax collectors and and sinners. And I'm picturing today's church saying no to someone who needs to come in or wants to come in the door and either get saved, get prayed for, take communion, have fellowship, pray. You know, I just it it's just how can Christian churches and a lot of them have. A lot of them have folded that, but that's for another time. Um, we are going to get to some articles, friends. We're going to touch on several of them. One of them, very interesting article at Faithwire. It is prophetic. A pastor in Ottawa compares God-ordained freedom convoy to the story of Jericho. Another article over at harbingersdaily.com, why the freedom convoy has captivated a nation. 
Another article at rebelnews.com, Toronto sees massive freedom convoy protest packing the city's downtown. And another one, Ottawa declares state of emergency over COVID-19 protests. And there, there are some issues with police now. But Pastor Tim, what is going on in Canada? Let's just start right there. Well, after two years of, of government mandates that are seeking to uh, on, on the face of it, prevent the spread of COVID-19 have in, have in fact laid a heavy burden upon the people here in Canada, hmm. such that after two years' time, we have a number of people who are unable to work, uh, whether that means uh, a temporary leave from their job or, for some cases, uh, the complete end of their career. So many businesses have been shuttered. Uh, the restaurant and hospitality industry, as you can imagine, has been heavily hammered. And again, not because of sickness, but because of government mandates. Uh, families are fractured and divided. So even uh, even when you're allowed technically by the government to be able to see your family members, uh, the divisions over people's opinions on these issues are such that uh, those those reunions or gatherings uh, aren't pleasant that people want to enter into. So people in our country are dealing with with deep depression, anxiety. Uh, we have children that that this is now normal to to mask up and to always be afraid that you might kill grandma mm. if you were to pass on a cold, and so there's there's so much fear, so much anxiety, so much depression, so much loss, uh, so much division, and so whenever these these truckers, because there's been there's been very few voices, you know, that the church for the most part has been silent, you know, the government has not been listening. There's been a few that make these decisions, and even our local representatives. Uh, are powerless, and they don't really speak out. They're afraid of losing their job if they were to speak against uh, the, the narrative that is being uh, promoted today. And so it took, you know, these these truckers who are finally pushed to their limits mm-hmm. where they're, they're in a spot where, where they're unable to work, period, and they're unable to feed their families. Mm-hmm. And so rather than just sitting at home and and uh, just, just allowing the, their family and their livelihood, their business to be destroyed, they took it upon themselves to to form a convoy and to drive to our nation's capital, the city of Ottawa, and to say, we're not going to leave until you hear our voice, until we see changes in our country. Uh, because with the, with the mandates and such, and even you know, the inability for us to travel, um, we, we can't, we're essentially prisoners in our own country unless you go to all the, all the hoops that the government is, is laying for us, and even that's not, not guaranteed. Mm-hmm. So these, these people are... Uh, they're, they're trapped. They have nothing else to do. And so they, they've they gone to the nation's capital, and uh, some are supporting them. In fact, uh, many more than I would have expected mm-hmm. uh, when that convoy traveled across our country. Yes. Um, so many overpasses were full, filled with people waving waving the Canadian flag, mm-hmm. uh, people on the sides of the road cheering and clapping. And it, it, it brought to my mind the uh, you know images of, of soldiers in World War II going off to war and being sent off. Mm. Uh, by loved ones here, knowing that they're going for a righteous cause. And uh, people, even myself right now, I'm getting emotional just thinking about it, because mm-hmm. people are desperate for hope, Yes, desperate for some for some light at the end of this dark tunnel that we've been experiencing these last two years. So, mm-hmm. so the weight of the lockdowns have been, have been far, far greater than the weight of COVID-19 or what that, that could have caused. Amen. And at this point, uh, we, we're just praying that our, our government leaders would, would listen to the people who um, are almost like uh, like in Egypt. They're crying out because they've been, they, they're in hard bondage um, yes. because of these mandates. Yes, and what a time that the Church needs to kind of take advantage of this, not in a bad way, but saying, hey, there are opportunities. People are looking for hope. They're looking for answers. They're seeking truth, some of them. <laughs> and then, obviously, fear is one of the biggest drivers of the public response because the media, the complicit media, nation, not only in America, but Canada, uh, the what is it, the, the CDC, CBC there, um, the yeah. media has been pushing panic porn for two years, irresponsibly causing people to react the way many have. And living in fear is no way to live, especially in free societies. I want to quote Samuel Say. He's a guest we've had on here on Stand Up For The Truth. He's a Canadian. He uh, wrote an article over at Harbinger's Daily, Why the Freedom Convoy Has Captivated a Nation. He says thousands 
of Canadians in Ontario, especially Toronto. And by the way, if you're from there, I understand you say Toronto because my wife is from Toronto, not Toronto, gathered on a highway overpass or overpasses to support truckers as they head to a rally in Parliament Hill in protest of vaccine mandates. I was one of the tens of thousands of Canadians across Toronto supporting the Freedom Convoy. Though Prime Minister Justin Trudeau says the truckers are just a small fringe minority with unacceptable views, there were probably 5,000 people at the overpass that I was at yesterday. One of the people on the highway was an elderly woman from a formerly communist nation. I was standing on a snowbank on the overpass. I saw her struggling to climb up, so I extended my arm to help her up, giving her a better view of the convoy. On a bitterly cold day in Canada, the elderly woman eagerly climbed up on top of a snowbank on a highway overpass to watch trucks drive by. She had a smile on her face the whole time. Other people have been saying, we've been waiting for something like this for two years. Pastor Tim Stevens, as God would allow it, it took the common man, it took hardworking truckers to send this message. Your thoughts? Yeah, one of my my pastor friends, he pastors uh, near Waterloo, Ontario. His name is Jacob Rayom, and and he wrote an article about this, and and I thought it was powerful because he likened what was happening to the parable of the Good Samaritan, where for the last two years you've had religious leaders essentially... uh, you know, snub their nose at those people that were suffering mm. under this medical tyranny yes. and uh, would not do anything to help these people. And now this, these Samaritans, this, these truckers who are, you know, uh, who, are, who are not the, the well-educated, they are, they are not the, the elite class, the governing class, you know, that their language is rough. And, and here they are bringing hope mm. to our nation. Yes. And uh, it's a, it really has been a missed opportunity for the church because this could have been the church last year when yes. myself and James Coates and others were taking heat. Uh, this could have been an opportunity for the church to rise up and uh, and for the people to get behind the church and see not only are we standing for um, you know freedom to make your own medical choices and not be uh, you know, c- controlled to every to nth degree from the government, but that we also are promoting the freedom that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ, the foundation for all that freedom. So. It has been a missed opportunity, so I lament, and, and I do pray that there would be repentance among uh, leaders of the Church especially, mm. and they would see this as a great opportunity, because there's so many people who are hungering for freedom, hungering for truth, uh, that the Church would be there to to talk about the freedom we have in Christ, to talk about the truth that we have in God's Word, um, because people are, are desperate for hope, and it won't, be, won't just be alleviated by going back to how things were, no. you know, 2019. Uh, they, they need a deeper and a, and a sure foundation for, for their hope. I've said many times, Pastor Tim, I don't want to go back to what some consider, quote, normal. Uh, normal mm-hmm. is moral relativism on steroids. We've had uh, young kids being seduced by the um, gender ideology cult and schools teaching the anything that's antithetical to the Word of God and the truth of Jesus Christ. Um, but that's for another time. I want to just quote, you shared uh, something from C.S. Lewis. I love this quote. Of all tyrannies, a tyranny sincerely exercised for the good of its victims may be the most oppressive. This is C.S. Lewis. I'll continue. Those who torment us for our own good will torment us without end, for they do so with the approval of their own conscience. C.S. Lewis said that. How applicable. And I want to get your reaction in your update on what's happening in Calgary, I've got in this article by Samuel Say, he says in Quebec, unvaccinated Canadians are banned from shopping at Walmart and other large grocery stores. And the premier of Quebec announced unvaccinated people will be penalized with a significant tax. What can you tell us about that? That's a new level of tyranny. It is a new level. And it seems to me um, that in, in provinces where, where the people are not uh, pushing back or making their voice heard, and especially in provinces where, where the church is weakest or has very little influence in the world, that is the provinces, or those, those are the provinces where we see the, the strictest and toughest mandates. Mm. And, and Quebec is known in our country as being very secular. They, they pride themselves on being secular and not religious. Uh, the evangelical church there is very, very small. 
in Quebec and, uh, as far as I know, have been compliant. And the, the government has continued to say that through your compliance, uh, you will get your freedom, you know. But uh, what we have seen is it's actually when, when you stand for and you live according to the freedom that God has given you and that we lawfully have as citizens in this country, that, that that actually holds the government back and you're able to preserve your freedom. So in, in, our, in our province, things aren't as grim as they are in Quebec because we've had a number of people, whether that's restaurant owners or churches, saying, no, we, we will not comply. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it has held the, the government at bay at least a little bit. But that is, uh, it seems to be the direction of, of Quebec and also uh, our, our prime minister, uh, who's also a, you know, a, a native of Quebec and, uh, and one who wants those same mandates seen ac- across our country. Mm-hmm. So we've got to take a break already. We're with Pastor Tim Stevens of Fairview Baptist Church in Calgary. Remember to check out rebelnews.com for specifics on updates on particularly the uh, truckers' convoy reports as they come in. Also, when we come back, we're going to talk about is it Christian to protest and a new Canadian law calling the Bible a myth? And we'll talk about conversion therapy and so much more on Stand Up For The Truth in just a minute. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. Our guest is Pastor Tim Stevens, and he's been uh, sending a lot of tweets out about these issues, but he's sending out a ton of scripture as well. I just want to quote him from his Twitter, which is quoting God's Word, and I love this. He says, Tired of the ups and downs of current events, take heart and know that Jesus Christ is Lord. Quote, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. That's Jesus in Matthew 28, 18. Colossians 1, 16, For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. But then he said this, Police, it's time to join the people you serve. The vaccine doesn't stop the spread, nor do mandates. Everyone knows this, yet many are kept from work, travel, and worship. Divisions deepen in Canada because of its government, not its citizens. Do what is right and stand with us. So a lot of people are protesting, and more are coming out because of the encouragement of the truckers and the convoy, Pastor Tim Stevens. So you shared something very good I think we need to revisit and go back into church history, which you alluded to in your recent video. Is it Christian to protest? So share your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think because people have, uh, you know, conflicting thoughts about whether we support, you know, some kind of a, a political movement like this, uh, especially for, for civil liberties and for people to, to get their jobs. And is this right? Because uh, in Canada, the people who are protesting are, are not the people who are sitting next to you in the, in the pews. They don't have a, a fleshed out view of the doctrine of the Trinity. They don't stand on justification by faith alone. And so can, can we, can we get, get behind this and support this? Uh, even in our country, some people are flying flags that have obscenities towards our prime minister. And so hmm. uh, it feels like, well, this is very, very unchristianly to, to get behind this. But what's important to realize is that uh, in this, in this protest, uh, in many re- respects, these people are vocal because the church has been silent. And as, as Protestant Christians, um, we, we are born out of protest. That's where, where the name has, has come from. And to, and to stand for freedom and to love our neighbor in this way, such that we can uh, support them as they desire to maintain their livelihoods, to to have informed consent for their medical choices, to be able to travel and visit loved ones, to be able to be by loved ones as as they're passing, or mm. whether to gather at a wedding uh, and to, to celebrate those those milestones of life. Those, those are good things. Mm-hmm. And so we've been told that loving your neighbor is essentially to to isolate the healthy and to uh, you know remain in your basement for two years. But that is. Uh, According to the scriptures, it's not only unjust, but it's it's hateful towards your neighbor to do such things. So, standing for truth is always right. Uh, standing for the oppressed and the needy is always good. This is this is the heart of God for us to do that. And so, to see these people in pain and then to stand and to speak, especially for those who have no voice, uh, because we want we want God's will to be done on earth as it's in heaven. Amen. And when we know that His will is for 
for people to be able to flourish and have a livelihood. Uh, so these these social issues uh, are are important to God. They should be important to the church, and it's an opportunity for for us to to make the gospel known and to know that the the people that are hungering here uh, for truth and for relief that is a, a reflection of, of their hunger for, for the righteousness that only God could provide. Mm. So it provides us a great opportunity to to be among those who are protesting and to speak about the glories of the Lord Jesus Christ Amen. and the eternal freedom that we have in Him. So this is a, this is a good movement to get behind as Christians and, and to support and be discerning at the same time. And Pastor Tim, some of those same people that say we're not loving our neighbors by resisting um, uh, medical treatment or so-called treatment uh, vaccine for yourself or your family or your children. That's not loving your neighbor because you're not obeying the government. I've heard that argument used. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really overused, I should say. Um, but one thing that's happening, I want to get your response to, the, the police are to serve the people. They're to punish evil and reward good. Um, and I just paraphrased you know, some scriptures. But in Canada and even in America, they've been used to divide now. There have been, there's been attacks on the police in America. We're seeing now some attacks on the police in Canada. They are doing what the government is ordering them to do in trying to, um, I guess, keep these, some of these protests you know, civil and, and from any violence. I haven't heard a lot of bad stories about the protests up here. I mean, up in Canada, like we heard last year in the the um, Marxist-driven Black Lives Matter Global Foundation Network protests that were happening across the country when they were looting and burning down buildings and vandalism was off the charts, and they were all given a pass. But police in Canada now, it's interesting, there's an article, uh, the one in Toronto about the Freedom Convoy packing the cities downtown. The police have to move in and try to keep peace, so-called, um, what can you tell us about that? Is it does it seem like the this is driving a wedge between the police and the people? And you've had your own experiences being arrested for holding church services by the authorities there, the police in Canada. Yeah, what I can say, David, is that the protests going on here in Canada's convoys um, are are peaceful. In fact, uh, reports from somebody that are on the ground is it has more of an atmosphere like a carnival. <laughs> and then it does a protest. Even yeah. this past weekend in Ottawa, you know, there was bouncy castles. Uh, there's tons of free food. Uh, they're they're cleaning the street. They say there's not not a not a piece of garbage can be found on the ground. Hmm. Uh, the city has never been cleaner. The crime has never been lower. Uh, the people have never been uh, so happy as as what is going on there. So it's it's more like a party than a protest because these these are these are good working class uh, in, individuals who are who are just desperate for for hope and want to be want to be heard. Yeah. Unfortunately, the police are do, do the bidding of our politicians, and uh, rather than being an, an independent uh, force to uphold the law, yes. uh, they essentially, when, when, a, when a politician gets uh, gets on the media, and again, our legacy, you know, state-funded media, get on the media, and they say, "Well, this needs to end," and, and the police, the police respond, and for the, for the most part, they've been they've been respectful. You can tell that they're they're conflicted. Because these are, are law-abiding citizens, these yes. are people that would be like their, their brothers or their father, um, and they're having to to try to thwart what they're what they're out there doing, and that's not what they what they signed up for. I know many police officers are conflicted. Some have gone on on stress leave because they just can't handle what is going on. And my, my plea to them has been to remember that they're not beholden to do whatever a politician might say, but they they, they swear an oath to to follow the law of our of our country and and the highest law of our country we have the it's called the canadian charter of rights and freedoms which talks about how um our our fundamental freedoms of of religion and of conscience and of assembly you know to be able to to work provide for your family all those are, are freedoms that are protected by law mm. so what's been happening the last two years is actually our, our government has been the lawbreakers uh, they've been the ones who have been breaking the law not these people on the streets desperate because they they have nothing, uh, everything has been stripped from them these past two years, and so now to turn the force of the police upon them, uh, to begin arresting them, or even to throw them in jail, which is what they're threatening to do now if this doesn't stop, it, it's it's so sad and unfortunate that it has come to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's more reminiscent of a communist country than in a free and democratic society that we're that we're apparently supposed to have here in Canada. 
Exactly. And in North America, I mean, we uh, we've taken a lot for granted when it comes to our freedoms, I think, in all of North America. And now we're seeing it, it didn't happen overnight. We didn't get to this point at overnight. I know Samuel Say and many others who have written about this have talked about the elites that are using their power to gain more power. And it seems like they just want to control the people, but it's really causing suffering. And they're, it mm-hmm. seems like they're turning a blind eye to the suffering of the people. Um, I wanted to ask you your response on the article over at Faithwire about the pastor in Ottawa, uh, Pastor Henry Hildebrandt. He spoke out in support of the Freedom Convoy uh, Sunday, calling the demonstration led by truckers God-ordained. And he said um, it, he compares it to the story of Jericho. And uh, those who you know aren't familiar with that, in Jericho, there was a bit of honking there as well. <laughs> in Joshua chapter 6, which chronicles the army of the Israelites who at God's command marched around the walls of Jericho six times. And then on the seventh day, God told Joshua to lead his troops around the city and the priests blew their ram's horns. At the end of the seventh uh, time, the Israelites shouted, and the walls of Jericho collapsed. And Pastor Tim, is, that's, I just find that to be an interesting comparison. Now, what do you think? Well, it certainly is an interesting comparison, especially with the noise and the honking that's been going on yeah. in the nation's capital. <laughs> and, and, some, and some do uh, want our, our government to fall, but mm. uh, we, we know as Christians that uh, government is still good, and uh, so we, we want our leaders to repent. Yes. Uh, that's that's our our prayer and hope, and uh, and so that's what that's what we're desiring and and praying for. But it certainly is a, an interesting comparison. Mm-hmm. So now we started off today's podcast, and uh, we had talked about this on previous shows about the uh, just the issue with conversion therapy and what's been happening not only in America but in Canada. You've got some severe uh, repercussions. Apparently, if you want to convert a someone who is gay, lesbian, uh, um, uh, transgender, um, there are some laws now, and that law is C-4. Um, you wrote on this, and you t- taught on this. It's a statement on the criminalization of conversion therapy on January 9. We'll link to that on your church website, Fairview Baptist Church in Canada. So, Tim, walk us through this. How did it get to the point where... Um, it took thousands of pastors recently to blast this Canadian law that calls the Bible a myth, and th- this is a fight over this Canadian law that uh, would call the Bible hate speech. Yeah, and we've had regional or municipal laws in this regard seeking to ban conversion therapy. This has been one of the one of the goals of uh, those involved in in the promotion of the LGBTQ agenda and movement. And I understand the same thing is happening in the United States where there's certain municipalities that uh, have banned this. And what they mean by conversion therapy is, is not, you know, what you might think of like down in a dark cell of a basement, you're, you're shocking people when they have a bad thought and yeah. you're trying to coerce and force them to an alternate viewpoint that they, they do, not, do not wish. They define conversion therapy so broadly as to, uh, say that even uh, being being born a man and, and living like a man, to, to say that that is preferred over someone who is a man but chooses to live like a woman, uh, to, to say that that is preferred to, to be a man is, is, is a myth and is wrong, and you should not uh, seek to promote that. And it's, it's a one-way conversion. So if you're uh, someone who's LGBTQ and trying to convert someone over to your position, well, that's that's fine. And we know that's, that fills our schools here in this country. But for you to stand upon creational and biblical norms mm-hmm. and say this is the right way, and, that, and actually this is this is the best way, and that all should should live this way, that is now deemed as, as conversion therapy. And and if you if you promote that, you can risk up to two years in jail for for advertising com- conversion therapy. And if you're found engaging in it. So if you're, if you're counseling someone, uh, working with someone, and, and, and trying to persuade them to, to follow God's ethic and design, even if they're consenting, uh, that can, can land you up to five years in jail if you're convicted. Mm. And, but I think what's, what we've seen, whether that has been laws passed municipally or now, now federally, such as with the criminal law in Canada, to engage or promote in conversion therapy, what we've been seeing is that the, the whole goal of these laws is to is to chill and put a damper on free speech, because uh, I don't think I don't expect that they're going to haul any pastors off to jail anytime soon. That might come that might come later. Mm. But what it's what it's having uh, a good effect on is to is to 
make people afraid to mm. speak about God's design of manhood and womanhood. Yes. Uh, to have, have the church be silent, to have individuals be silent, because the, the lies that they're promoting can't, can't thrive in a society where, where truth and error are openly debated. And so they know that they must censor the truth, uh, they must, must bury the truth, and what they've done, even in the preamble to this law, is, is called biblical normativity and, and creational normativity of male and female. They've, they've called that a myth and a stereotype, and wow. it is harmful to society. And so the idea that, that God's design for men and women is, is a harm to society, and therefore this law needs to exist to prevent this harm, it sounds a lot like what we're experiencing right now with COVID-19. They, they deem those who are unvaccinated a harm to society, and so therefore we must restrict them and, uh, and coerce them um, to, to follow our mandates. And the same is same line of reasoning is being applied here to, to sexuality and to marriage. And so it's, it's, uh, I'm thankful that many pastors decided, well, no, we must, we must speak on this. And mm-hmm. as soon as the law became law, uh, we had a Sunday set aside where we all preached on the topic of biblical, se- biblical sexuality. And uh, let, the, let the government and others know that, that we are not going to, to be silenced. We're not going to cower. We're not going to apologize for what God says is right and good. And uh, we're going to love our neighbor by telling them the truth. Amen. That's exactly what your friend uh, James Coates said, a former another pastor up there who uh, was also uh, persecuted for speaking the truth and keeping churches open. He said, C4, the law, is anything but loving because it appears to shut the LGBT community off from the saving and transforming message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we have to make this connection. It's obvious to you and I, I believe, Pastor Tim, but free speech means we can freely share the gospel, the good news. When free spe- when there is censorship, when there is propaganda enforced, and when they're punishing one side of, of view or argument or debate, that is not free speech. That prevents us, especially when they start pushing these hate crimes ideas into legislation. I think of uh, Acts chapter 4, when uh, the disciples were told not to speak or teach in the name of Jesus at all, how did Peter and John answer? Whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, make your own judgment, for we cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. And I I just want to quote you in this article. Uh, Actually, I'm going to have to do that. I hear the music. We've got to take another break. But we were Pastor Tim Stevens in this article. We're going to share some of his thoughts on uh, conversion therapy. Also, he spoke uh, in detail about what it is and what we can do. And uh, we'll just uh, get a little bit more information out there so you can have something to respond with when people ask you about these things. More on Standard for the Truth in just a minute. Keep it right here. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. Pastor Tim Stevens is our guest, and before I quote him in this article, we've been talking about the Canadian Bill C-4, which is um, really, it's an attack on the Judeo-Christian worldview, and it's another brick laid in this effort to... uh, to really come against the church and the truth. Pastor Tim, you were sharing something about um, something going on at the border, your southern border. That's, of course, in America, our northern border. And um, what were you saying? There's, you know, Pastor Arthur Pulowski was heading down to the border and there was they were trying to block the border or something? Well, in, in support of the protests going on and the convoys going on to Ottawa, we've had a number of truckers and, and farmers uh, especially farmers here in, our, in southern Alberta, between uh, between Alberta and, and Montana, where that where that border meets, uh, they've they've assembled there, and in protest, they have they have blocked that that road, and it was blocked for a number of days the past week, and then they ended up opening up one lane as as a show of good faith towards our government, and they they have blocked it again recently because our government makes promises and then then doesn't uh, carry them out, and so there's. There's thousands of people down there at our southern border, and uh, way more than than law enforcement could move. Um, tow trucking companies have have refused to to lend any support to law enforcement to move some of the the heavy equipment and, and trucks that are in the way. <laughs> awesome. And so they're doing this because this is our our vital link. We know we're as Canada, we're very dependent upon the U.S. economy and U.S. goods, 
And uh, this has put further pressure upon our government to, to listen to these people who are the ones delivering um, all our food and all of our goods. And, and it's them who are suffering uh, after being being held heroes previously in the pandemic are now being uh, treated like trash. And so they are they are taking matters into their own hands and causing uh, further difficulty for our governing authorities. So we're uh, we're blessed to hear more people getting involved with this. More people are waking up. I, we've seen more people come on board here and listen to our podcast. I'm sure you've you've had more um, interactions with people up there in your church, Fairview Baptist Church, as well as personally, and uh, just more attention because we are trying to raise awareness. We are trying to stand for the truth of Jesus Christ and the freedom to speak. And I love how you summed this up in this article, which is entitled. Uh, thousands of pastors blast law that calls the Bible a myth. You say, we've seen that the new prevailing worldview is totalitarian, seeking to define marriage, sexuality, and control health choices. It is absolutely intolerant to opposing beliefs. All socialistic and communistic movements hate the authority and law of God that Christianity promotes. Uh, Pastor Tim, I think that sums it up very well, extremely well, because this is an authority issue, isn't it? Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, and so he said, go into all the world, so he gave us authority to preach the gospel. In fact, the commission, that's our instruction, our command, and here we are, we're seeing secular, godless governments coming against the authority of the Word of God and using their own authority and trying to increase that power. Yeah, I think what we see is is what we saw even back in the, the Tower of Babel. All the peoples of the world are coming together mm. and they're saying there's nothing that we cannot do if we just get our minds together. We can we can ascend to the heights of heaven and we can be like gods. And I think that's that's the mentality of uh, mm. much of our human governments around the world today. Yes. And as as part of their as part of their lie that they are essentially the authority and the lawgivers and the ones who will provide and care for, they're, they're replacing God, and, and their law and their, their so-called truth is really a perversion and a twisting, a complete corruption of God's truth. It's completely backwards. And so even with regard to the, the conversion therapy that we were speaking of, you know, when, when they call that evil, mm-hmm. what they're calling good involves you know, giving teenagers uh, puberty blockers and hormone treatments. Uh, it, it involves cutting off the functioning sexual organs and, and breasts of, of young women uh, and mutilating their bodies to try to fashion them into something that they are that they are not. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the, are the truly harmful and, and damaging things that they're engaged in while calling the goodness of God evil. And so it's, it's, quite, it's quite corrupt, it's quite perverted, and it's incumbent upon us to, to speak and do all that we can for these people who are, who are suffering. Yes, it is. And they're not going to stop. They will. Evil does not sleep. And I think more in the Church are finally waking up to that reality. We're talking about Isaiah 520. God says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Um, a takeaway from this article and, and from this, before we talk a little bit more about conversion therapy, um, the L, regarding the LGBT movement, um, if the government can tell you it is, it is illegal to teach biblical truth, especially on the issue of human sexuality, please, friends, it won't stop with the LGBTQ. And understand it eventually means the criminalization of whatever Christian speech is no longer politically correct or politically attractive. And that's where we're going with this. That's why we're warning. Pastor Tim, you say, uh, what should Christians think about this law? And you uh, give a couple uh, points at the end. It's unnecessary. And it's calling good evil and evil good. So how can the average citizen, whether that be Canadian or American, Christians, respond to these things? We're seeing our pastors being shut down. We're seeing the biblical worldview silenced. And not surprising, persecution has been around since the, you know, since the beginning. So we're not surprised by this, but we, I guess we didn't expect it to be happening in North America so quickly. I think what's important for Christians to realize is that, like you say, there, there's no end to this. Uh, this, is, this is a complete view of the world that is antithetical to Christ. This is, this is anti-Christ ideology and, and practices and beliefs. And for, for people to be able to understand that, and we've seen that through COVID, where, where our government thought they have 
control over the body of Christ. They can they can tell and restrict the church and how they ought to function. And for the most part, Christians didn't make much noise. And then they think we they have control over people's uh, physical bodies to to lock them up to make mel- medical choices for them even if they're not consenting. Mm. Uh, they have the choice to to ban um, God's goodness of, of marriage and sexuality, and so the government will continue to to eat away and to erode these rights. And if and if Christians fall prey to the trap mm. of a very reductionist view of Christianity, as if it's it's just me and my faith and and me and my church and not realizing that the gospel of the kingdom of, of, of God is, is not only um, so that we can go to heaven when we die. Mm-hmm. Um, the gospel does free us from our sin and deliver us from our sin and give us that hope of eternal life. But the gospel also uh, changes and, and gives us instruction about how we ought to, to live in this world. And so Jesus says to make disciples and then to teach them all that I've, I've commanded you. Amen. And to teach people how to live in this world is is important for the Christian life. And we need to have a Christian understanding of, of what government ought to look like and what the family ought to look like. Because the government certainly has an idea of what the family ought to look like, and it's not a Christian family. And are we to say as Christians, well, that's not a, not a gospel issue? Um, family, marriage, sexuality, of course, the, the Bible speaks so loud and clear on these issues. Mm. And so we must have a, have a view of all of life. Uh, under the Lordship of Christ, and, and what, what is Christ's will for, for a society, for a people, for a nation, for a home, underneath His Lordship, and then we ought to, to speak and be like a, like a John the Baptist out in the wilderness, even, even calling Herod to repentance, uh, who, who is no friend of the faith, but calling him to repentance and, uh, and calling our government leaders to account as well. So we, we have to not have this, this truncated view of the Christian life. As we uh, as we seek to be faithful to the Lord Jesus, Amen. Um, I often pray for the salvation of government uh, of leaders. I don't pray that God would bless their plans because their agendas are evil, mm-hmm. unless they know God, know the truth of Jesus Christ. Um, so we understand their agendas, their worldviews, a completely different worldview. Is there any concern of yours, Pastor Tim? Um, that the biblical worldview now, at least in America, I don't want to assume that's Canada too, but uh, it's it's between six and ten percent of people have an a, an actual biblical worldview. A lot of people profess Christianity because maybe they were they grew up in the church or they did uh, got baptized or confirmed you know decades ago and they think they're a Christian. But the biblical worldview is between six and ten percent. That's shocking, knowing the history of at least our nation. Uh, what are your thoughts uh, as far as Canada goes? I think the further north you go, whether that's in the United States or in Canada, uh, the worse it gets. Mm. Uh, our schools, for the last number of decades, have, have not been teaching any kind of biblical ethic or life or worldview. Um, so, so most people have never been exposed to um, a biblical world and life view. And then when you consider it in the church, even folks that have come to the church, because we've, we've had the, uh, the blessing of the Lord upon our, our, our gatherings, such that our church has, has tripled in size since uh, we've made, made our stand and praise God keeping be faithful to Christ. And so we've had so many people who've joined us and uh, they profess to us like our, our church has never spoken on the topic of biblical sexuality or they would never mention homosexuality. They yeah. never, they never speak about abortion. They, they, and so they never speak on these issues. And so what happens? All you hear is what the state funded media, what the school system is saying. And it's, it's a view that's antithetical to Christ. And that's all people hear, and so you, you can't necessarily blame these people um, no. because the Church has been silent and not teaching the whole counsel of God. And so it's, it's, it's grim here in Canada in terms of that. So there needs to be repentance, and needs to be, you know, judgment begins in the household of God, and that's where it needs to start here in our country, uh, likely, likely yours as well. <laughs> yes, oh my goodness, we need revival, we need another awakening. Um, do you have any optimism? I know there's always hope. But do you have any optimism that we could see at least pockets of revival or an awakening in North America or things, do you think they're too far gone? I know God can do all things, but I want to get your take on that. Yeah, I think we see in history, we see, we see cycles of, of revival and judgment. And uh, certainly now we're in a, in a place of judgment because we you know in Romans 1, whenever God's wrath is revealed, he, he does it by letting people have what they want, and including sexual perversion and debased mind. And yeah, like what John Calvin says, quoting from Job, he, he talks about when God judges a people, he gives them wicked 
rulers. Mm. And I think we see that in, yes. in our countries. But the uh, but I still have I still have great hope because Jesus Christ is sitting on His throne, Amen. and He rules and reigns. And uh, in judgment, He'll be honored and glorified, and in revival, He'll be honored and glorified. And I I pray that through this time of judgment and uh, and chastisement upon His church, that we see the church waking up, uh, wake up and uh, and promote the truth and promote the gospel and and live uh, with boldness and with courage. And that's what we saw back in the Reformation. Like it was. They didn't call it the Dark Ages for no reason. Uh, before Luther came around and began to preach and the world was transformed, we see the same thing in the Great Awakening in the 1700s. Yes. This was a time when, when many pastors uh, were not even converted. And when, when the churches were dead, it was, uh, it was a, a very um, uh, cold and dead form of Christianity that was alive and well before you have guys like Whit- Whitfield and Wesley become to preach and again change the world. So I'm, I'm hopeful that in a time of darkness, this is a right time for God to shine forth His light. And so I'm, I'm excited, our church is excited, in, uh, in the battles that we're facing and our stand for truth, knowing that uh, God can do amazing things if we would come before Him, uh, humbly pray, uh, promote His Word, and then leave, leave the fruit to Him. And so we're, we're optimistic, we're hopeful at what God will do in the future. Amen, and we are too. What's the best way that people can find out about you? Is it go to the Fairview Baptist Church website or one of your social media pages? Yeah, if you if you visit our, our website, fairviewbaptistchurch.ca, um, you can also, you know, some of our uh, articles and things that I write are on there. And then if people can find me, um, Tim Stevens, either on Facebook or Twitter, um, I sometimes use those as as platforms to talk about some of these issues in, in more of a bite-sized format. So, mm-hmm. uh, and we also have a YouTube channel that that uh, has my sermons and other things that that I share uh, that you can look for at Fairview Baptist Church. And so, these are helpful ways uh, just to to get the word out. And by God's grace, He's He's given us um, a means whereby we can speak into these issues, especially that are going on that are facing everyone, and then to address them in a biblical way. Mm-hmm. We'll link all to these uh, pages and these uh, platforms for you so people can get directly from our website to yours. Um, have you seen a lot of uh, censorship on, on your personal big tech or your churches? I know we have on this end. We opened the broadcast talking about it. How, how about you, Pastor Tim? Yeah, I've received warnings from big tech <clears throat> um, about some of the things that I've said, but uh, I've always uh, contested those warnings and said, no, this is, this is not right for you guys to be doing that. And, and thankfully, they've uh, never have uh, you know, completely removed my accounts or such. But I, I expect that to happen in the future. Mm-hmm. And so there's, uh, there's other social media platforms that are out there that haven't really gained traction yet. But yes. I think as Christians, it's good to have accounts on those. That way, when we're completely shut out from some of these larger ones, uh, then there's more places for the truth to get out. Yes, and I encourage you guys to keep expanding your reach, so to speak, because we will be silenced and censored and shut down on certain sites eventually. It's just a matter of time, I think, but let's keep speaking the truth and let's keep raising awareness. Uh, God bless you, Pastor Tim Stevens. We appreciate your time and continue to bless the work of your hands and your ministry. Thank you so much, David. Tomorrow, Daniel Weiss and Josh Glaser are going to be on talking about the dangers of pornography and what you can do about it. It's really a guide for parents as well. Julian Appling is with us on Thursday from the Wisconsin Family Council. God bless you, and as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.